Hello Gen X, welcome back to the water cooler. A question for you. Are you like me? Are you are you completely unplugged and out of touch with any current popular music? Are you you feel like you're that old man now cuz I know I know I do. You know, I'm I I'm still listening to ska music. You know, think back to 1997 the summer ska when, you know, that one Gap commercial came out and they were they were twist dancing and and the cherry poppin' daddies and real big fish, they were out and big and burst onto the scene. Uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, uh, Smash Mouth. Yeah, I, I, I still listen to a lot of, a lot of ska music, a lot of, a lot of punk music from way back then. You know, there's a, a newer band that I listen to, a similar style, uh, called The Interrupters, and they have a, a song that I really like. It's called On a Turntable, and, and you know, the, it's your typical. You know, upbeat ska punk uh, song, so you know it's catchy. I like it, and, and the but the lyrics are, are something along the lines of, you know, the the world you know spinning round around on a turntable, right? So round around we go, round around we go. That's kind of the, you know, the the main uh, message of the song. I had that that song on my mind in the you know, the past couple of days. Here we go again. You know, we're spinning around and around on a turntable. It just seems to happen over and over again. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that that unfortunate incident with that kid up in Minnesota, Dante Wright, I believe his name is, and another you know police shooting of a a minority male, a, you know, black male, and it's of course caused your predictable uproar. So. Round and round we go. Here, here we go again. We've had it so many times, and it it just seems to never go away. It just I'm, I'm just bracing myself for another round of peaceful protesters. Now, anytime something like this happens, I always have to remind myself, and I keep in the back of my mind, even trying to keep in the front of my mind, wait for the details because in in the quick communication social media culture that we live in today it's just a knee-jerk after knee-jerk people grasp onto one minute uh, aspect one one small detail of a story and just overreact to it and just throw it out there becomes a hashtag becomes a trending topic and around around we go and i i try as hard as i can to just pump the brakes and say whoa whoa let's let's wait and see let's wait and see and that's where I feel we're at that point still with, with this uh, Dante Wright incident. Uh, there's some some details have, have come out pretty quickly on on this one, and I'll, I'll talk about those in a second. But I, I always have to keep in the in, in the forefront. Wait for the details. Wait for the details. And so I'm I'm reserving judgment on this incident. I'm not gonna declare any fault on anybody right now. I'm gonna wait until we get details, wait until an investigation's done, and I'm certainly not going to be participating in any police protests. But from what I understand, as far as the, the, the bits of information that, that we do know, uh, this, this kid was pulled over um, and you know, by the, you know, the cops and a, you know, a, a, a traffic stop. The narrative is that he was stopped for an air freshener. That's the narrative. You know, he was shot because he had an air freshener. Shot because he has an air freshener, which on his face, of course, sounds ridiculous. Now, apparently, it is a thing in Minnesota, I believe, that having something hanging from your rearview mirror is illegal. 
Apparently that's a thing. I did. I wasn't aware of that, um, and I could be wrong. But a little bit that I heard trickle out of that is that's it. That is in fact a thing in Minnesota. You are not allowed to have anything hanging from your rearview mirror. So any air fresheners, any dice, or whatever else you might have, um, your mask. You know, people hang all kinds of garbage on on their rearview mirror. I do not. But okay, fine. Apparently that's a that's a thing in. Minneapolis. They pulled him over. Apparent that may have been the reason why. I mean, could be that they ran his plates, found out he had some outstanding warrants, but and that was that was the reason to you know, the probable cause to pull him over and to investigate further. From from again, the little bit that I do know at this point, and and there's a little bit of some resistance on you know by Dante, from what I understand, and. Uh, you know, things escalate and he's shot and he dies, you know, a heart wrenching thing. I mean, we have, you know, this, this young guy, you know, shot and killed by police. Now we have, you know, parents and a family who are mourning, you know, the loss of this kid. You know, he was you know, a member of their family. He, you know, they loved him. He, he mattered to them. And now that's gone. And that's a shame. Um, regardless of what you think about what, what happened or, or whatever, that on its face is a shame. A little bit of you know, trickling out of that, apparently, the narrative now, from at least from the police, that that they said what led to it is that the officer confused her her handgun with a taser. Uh, maybe I, that that seems like a stretch. That doesn't seem reasonable. But of course, I've never been in that circumstance. I don't. I don't know. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But that's. That's what uh, what we've heard, and that that's all we all we can go on. That's what the I, th- I think the official stance by by the police in Minnesota is that it was you know confused with the gun and one uh, round was discharged and that was the one that was fatal and she may have realized her mistake at, at the, the second it happened. I don't know. But that that's all I have to go on from what what the what the police say. If that's the case, what a sad, sad mishap that would be. Um, I, maybe that happens more often than any of us know, and if it is, that's a shame. That shouldn't happen. You know, cynically, you could look at that and say, "Well, if you ask to defund the police, this is probably what you're going to get." I mean, you, you might have somebody who is at least unskilled, someone who's not trained the way they should. Could be a police force that is undermanned and overworked and exhausted and make mistakes like that i don't know i did again we have to have to wait until more more details follow from this um and and if 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 it is proven or, or shown and the investigation shows that there was just an accidental discharge uh, that seems to be some cause for discipline of some kind maybe manslaughter um losing a job i don't know um but of course now now this this officer's name is now out in the public you know we we still don't know the name of of the capitol police officer who shot and killed ashley babbitt it it's at close range but within a day of this happening you know know, this woman's name is now out there in the public i'm sure she's in hiding and fearing for her life and and you know we're on a turntable around around we go round around we go all in in the midst of as the Derek Chauvin trial 
continues and and the media plays up the narrative more and more that you know and a and a conviction is if not a formality you know certainly warranted and regardless of what happens in that case you have to you feel like we're going to be bracing for another round of mostly peaceful protests but you know, watching all this nonsense, it, it just makes me think that Charles Barkley was more and more right. You know, if you remember last last week how he said that he thinks in his heart of hearts that most black people are good and peaceful, most white people are good and peaceful, and most black people and white people are peaceful and get along with each other and are kind to each other. And I and I agree. I think that's totally the case. And but there's a small amount in in all demographics who do bad things and. And we have a, a culture of race hustlers in the media and in politics that play up these types of things and just sow division. They sow hatred. They make you know, they feed off of the, this animus. They feed off of this anger, and they profit from it. And it's gross. It's absolutely disgusting. But that's what Charles Barkley said, and he's right. I think he's totally right, and we're seeing it again. Round around we go. We're on a turntable. Round around we go. For example. Now, you know, take this case of Dante Wright, this unfortunate case of Dante Wright, and it's evolving you know, by the hour. Also, last week there was this sad story. You probably have not heard this one. I mean, undoubtedly have heard of, of, of the Dante Wright issue. You've certainly heard about George Floyd. Have you heard of Philip Adams? You know who he is. Have you heard his name before? Unlikely. Philip Adams apparently was a former NFL safety and he muddled around the league for a number of years. I think he originally started with San Francisco and bounced around a number of teams, never played any significant role on any team he was in, but I mean, he was good enough to, to make some rosters and stick around for a couple of years. Well, apparently this past week, allegedly, he shot and killed his doctor, Dr. Robert Leslie, the doctor's wife, Barbara, two of their grandchildren, Ada and Noah, and, and two others working at their home who were AC repairmen. Philip Adams is a African-American guy, and Dr. Leslie and his family and, and the service uh, folks that, that were killed while they were working at, at their home, uh, they were all, all white. Have you heard about that? I mean, there was, originally there were some rumors that there was this mass shooting, this active shooter situation, and as soon as it learned who it was, just as quickly as, as you heard news of something happening, the news died away because that doesn't profit the race hustlers. That doesn't fit the narrative. It's going to go away. Just like that shooting in Colorado, those things go away and they go away quickly when they do not fit the narrative. And it's disgusting. And somehow, in, in some way in our culture, we got to get that nonsense to stop. We really, really do. It does. It's not constructive. It doesn't help anybody. And it causes millions of dollars of property damage and death and hatred and all down the road. Now, what you know, another name that you probably haven't heard either is Cheston Edwards. Have you heard of this guy? Cheston Edwards was a 36-year-old father of two. He was a father to a nine-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl. Well, on March 29th, he was killed by a drunk driver, an illegal immigrant by the name of Roblin Pacheo, who's a 35-year-old from Honduras. Justin Edwards is an African-American man. By all accounts, 
He was a good man, a good father, a loving husband, and he died unnecessarily from th- this uh, this drunk driving accident. Have you heard his name? No, I I I, I had to dig and I I found this story and it's I mean, it's heartbreaking, heartbreaking that that he's gone. It's heartbreaking that you have these two kids that will not have their father. But it doesn't fit the narrative, so it doesn't make the rounds on social media it doesn't get a hashtag and that is so unfortunate it's so sad and it's unproductive i mean we we are you know losing good people left and right but if it doesn't fit the narrative then no one seems to care it just doesn't make the headlines it doesn't get the attention by evidence of of this one fact from the fbi crime statistics since january 2021 or 2020, excuse me, from January 2020 until now, so a little over a year, 502 white people have been killed by police. In that same time, 271 black people have been killed by police. That does not seem to fit the narrative that we hear by these race hustlers and all the anger and rioting that we've seen over the past year. Now, that's not to say that any of those 271 cases or the 502 were were good things. Now, I, I'm guessing that a, a good 90 plus percent on both both of those statistics probably justified and warranted and understandable and totally get it. I'm sure there are a handful out of both of those that need some looking into and there's some discipline that should be handed out. There's some crimes that were committed. But you don't hear about that. The narrative is that is that these racist white cops are running around throughout the country and at will just just uh, picking off people of color and minorities at will that's that's the narrative that you hear and people grasp onto that that's what sells that's what gets attention and that's what brings in money and it's caused created all of this this tension all of this anger even founded this BLM movement that on its face seems like something that's completely noble. Black Lives Matter. Do Black Lives Matter? Oh, yeah, absolutely it does. But this organization that's been created seems to be something else. It, it seems to be a lot more akin to these race hustlers and these charlatans that feed off of tragedy, that profit off of it. As evidenced by that news this this past week that the co-founder of the BLM movement has purchased four homes in the total of $3.2 million under the guise of this not-for-profit, this organization that's meant to help. The only, it seems like the main person who's profited from this and, and helped is her. But do, do you really hear about that? I mean, it's got a little bit of attention. But not the attention that Dante Wright has, has gotten. And again, that, that's not to say that any of that's justified. you got to wait till the facts come out. The point is that this anger sells. The hatred sells. And it's constantly sown by these gross, gross charlatans in the media and these race hustlers in politics. Charles Barkley was right. We're seeing it every day. So we'll we'll see where this one goes. We'll see where the Chauvin trial goes. Um, again, just but just brace yourself for some more rounds of mostly peaceful protests. But again, the interrupters came into my mind on a turntable. Around and around we go. It's the same thing over and over and over again, and it's it's just a shame. 
And speaking of a shame, have you, you hear about this corporate cabal that met this past week? This was this one I thought was bizarre. And again, it's another thing that seems to get very, very little attention uh, in the in the mainstream press. But apparently, over the weekend, <laughs> a cabal of of leaders from a number of very, very large bellwether. Uh, corporations have met o- over the past we- weekend and, and have discussed the, among thing, other things, the Georgia election laws that, that have caused so much consternation over the past couple of weeks and, and what they can do to to take positions on a number of things and this, this, and that, which you got to pump your brakes when you even begin to sniff this one. Now, first things first, one I think I find most, most troubling is that, at least as of yet, have you got you know firm confirmation of of what went down here? Have you gotten a list, a punch list of of the corporations that have attended this meeting? I haven't seen a full list, but the little bit from what I understand, you have you know your predictable uh, activist corporations that, that attended this thing, uh, like namely Nike, Coca Cola, Apple, Delta Airlines, Merck, Citigroup, AMC Theaters, among others, and they are taking this activist stance on a United States state election laws. Why? I, 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 I mean, you can have your personal feelings on it. You can agree. You can disagree. That's totally up to you. And, you know, and a company can even maybe take a stand, have a position if for whatever reason. But now to gather together and coordinate efforts and resources to try to counter this, that is terrifying. That seems to go completely fly in the face of what we expect as a, a open democratic society. I don't remember electing any of these clowns in, the, in these you know, corporate officers to influence public policy. I don't remember that whatsoever. Do you? I mean, now, if, if you own stock in, the, in, in any of these companies, you are most certainly um, to get mailers in, in their annual meetings to either elect or or discharge members of the of the uh, board of directors and but all of that is within the context of that company's activities and and the the hope that they would bring in value you know to their shareholders and this this and that what I, I don't remember having a owning a a share of stock that means that you're going to be influencing public policy in a in a southern state i mean that's just terrifying what's even more bizarre is the silence that you're hearing from those who normally decry corporate culture who decry corporate america who say it's just a symbol of greed and and a reason why we need to go to a more socialistic economy here you go. This is just laid out on a plate of everything you hate. I mean, and do you hear anything from those clowns? I don't. You know, and, and as a, a, a Gen X, you just can't take that hypocrisy. You just can't take that double standard. And it just completely invalidates them in my mind. I think they're just a bunch of you know, trash human beings. I mean, if, if they're going to completely go against everything that they stand for simply because on one little thing, it, it might agree with them, and they, they can't even you know, state tacitly some kind of disagreement to, to went down, what went down. I don't know, but that's where we are. But you know, I mean, here are these 
these leaders of these corporations are meeting together and the narrative coming out from them is that forced labor in China is good. Voter IDs in Georgia are bad. It's, it's just strange. All of those clowns do business in China. Heavy business. They all run these sweatshops in, in China with forced labor and, and all these other human rights violations. And they profit from it. And they're cool with that. But a voter ID, among other voting law changes, passes in the state and you lose your mind over that? Who do you think you are? You know, I mean, they can go pound some sand. I mean, that is really bizarre. We'll see what happens from it, but it, it seems like it's going nowhere good. doesn't seem like anybody is willing to stand up for them, and when they are, it's likely going to be too late. We will see. Um, and now lastly here, you, you saw you know, Joe Biden's uh, you know, mouth was watering, and amongst all the the several dozens of executive actions that he, he did his, his first couple of weeks in office. And then this past week, he's passing some executive actions on guns. We'll see where this one goes. It's almost certainly going to be lead to lawsuits and, and what have you. But it, I thought it, found it very humorous, and although being predictable, that he, he comes out and immediately, in, in a very non-coherent way, was stressing that he is not infringing on the Second Amendment. That was his main thing. He was, he was you know, drumbeat that he was, that he was trying to get across. He's not infringing on the Second Amendment. But then he was also saying that no amendment is absolute. I mean, it seems to me that he's trying to wiggle into restricting uh, gun ownership, even though the Second Amendment is, has been very clear. Um, but in while he was trying to convey the message that he's not in, infringing on the Second Amendment, he also stated that he, no amendment is absolute, which I found bizarre. It made sense to people, not to me. I just I just don't understand it. But it, it did beg the question, if you if you take him at his word, and I completely disagree, um, but that no amendment is absolute. Now, keep in mind, at least in the Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights does not in itself directly grant rights and freedoms to the citizens of this country. It just doesn't. What it does do is it lays out a number of things that the government may not do. The government may not infringe on the right to keep and bear arms. The government may not pass a law prohibiting free speech and prohibiting freedom of religion. The Bill of Rights does not list out, I give a laundry list of rights that we have. It lists out a number of very key and important things that the government may not do. You have to keep that in mind, as Joe Biden says, that no amendment is absolute. But it does beg the question for me. Okay, Prez, uh, if no amendment is absolute, what are the non-absolutions of the Fourth Amendment? of preventing the government from engaging in illegal search and seizure. What is the non-absolute aspect of the 13th Amendment, which abolishes slavery? You're telling me that's not absolute? What about all the amendments that deal with voting rights, like the 15th Amendment, which uh, gave the, the right to vote to all people regardless of race. What about the 19th Amendment, which 
which gave the right of women to vote. How about the 26th Amendment, which gave the right to vote for anyone over the age of 18? Or the 24th Amendment, which prohibited poll taxes? Which one of those, and, in, and to what degree, President Biden, are those amendments not absolute? I'll wait and listen to your answer. How were those not absolute? What about the pro re repealing of prohibition in the 21st Amendment? How is that not absolute? What about, say, the 22nd Amendment, which only gives someone a right to serve two presidential terms? You tell, mean to tell me that that is not absolute? How and to what degree, Joe Biden, is that not absolute? Now, of course, that was just utter nonsense. It's just one of those things that sounds good. It's a buzzword, and, and people who are drinking the Kool-Aid will feel good about these measures, and clearly they're bunked. They're bunk garbage. It, it doesn't mean anything, but, you know, no one's going to you know, call them on that. You know, certainly the press won't. Um, but I'd I, I like to push them a little bit on that. Ex explain to me yeah, how, that, how that is so. But the... Uh, the desire of this clearly is to even if it's not necessarily a direct infringement on the second amendment if it's not necessarily confiscation or buyback or anything like that it's certainly an effort by the government to bankrupt gun manufacturers you know to to allow open-ended lawsuits that would just cripple you know, any manufacturer of any firearm or to make it completely cost prohibitive for people individuals to own guns which again kind of harkens back way back i mean maybe it's it's, it's a you know a, a democrat tradition you might say but in the jim crow era and in when democrats were forming a, a a little group called the ku klux klan all of that was in the effort to keep guns out of the hands of former slaves and that they seem to be up to that same old thing i mean if they're trying to make guns cost prohibitive that's that's what it'll mean it'll mean that you know, people will not have access to it and you know minority communities and and those who are uh, in impoverished areas it would it would hit them first that would accomplish the same designs in the as the post-civil war era would um that seems to be problematic i'm, I'm certainly not for that you know that's again the the, the second amendment prohibits the government from from uh, restricting the right to keep and bear arms so i mean they they can say they're trying to target ar-15s um and you know a lot of people i mean because they look scary i mean they, i mean these are hunting rifles they're sporting rifles they're not used by the military but you know you're trying to convince someone who's ignorant about that you know in, you know in good luck or you know they'll, they'll try to say well we need background check we have background checks you know, but there are background checks required for all FFLs. You know, he, he likes to, you know, say that there's you know this gun, uh, gun show loophole and all these other things. That means it's, it's complete fiction. You know, but they, we we have we have these in place. We have background checks. You know, all FFLs need to follow that. And in fact, it was Hunter Biden of all people who lied on his own his own request for application for a firearm about his his drug use. Are you hearing anything about that? I mean, here's here's Plugsy up there. You know, spewing his nonsense and i mean he can't even distinguish the atf you know causing it the aft you know he's it, it, it's just complete utter nonsense but if you don't know any better um if if you're completely ignorant and you're inclined to you know to think oh we just need to get guns off the street which in itself sounds noble 
um, you're inclined to not ask these questions. But uh, we at Gen Xers and we at the Water Cooler, we're definitely going to ask these questions. I, I want, I want some some answers. I want some response. I mean, which one of those amendments that I named off, or or any others for that matter, explain to me how those are not absolute and in which ways they're not absolute. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait and listen for your answer. But until then, I, I, I'm guessing there's just going to be some radio silence, but we shall see. Until then, though, Gen Xers, enjoy your week. I'll, I'll see you next time when we get some water, but in, until then, enjoy your trip round and around the turntable, because here we go. It's the same old nonsense, just... Another name, another day. But keep your chin up, keep working hard, keep being your Gen X best, and we will see you next time. Stay cool, Gen X.